Hello and welcome to the Predictor Podcast, a podcast that talks about the unpredictability of sport and life. Each week, we delve into the journey of our guests, discussing their past, present, and unearthing their predictions for the future. Join me, Paul Furness, and Scott Taylor as we explore the role sport has to play in tackling the challenges of everyday life. Here we go for another episode of The Predictor. Joining us on episode two of the Predictor podcast is Team GB super heavyweight boxer Fraser Clark. The Burton-born boxer won gold at the 2018 Commonwealth Games and is now planning and preparing to add the Olympic gold in Tokyo to his name. Fraser reveals the former Man United player he put through his paces in the ring and how he plans to achieve Olympic success in Tokyo. Here we go for another episode of the Predictor. Hello, hi Fraser. Welcome to Rick's podcast. Thanks for giving up your time and joining us this evening, mate. First things first, how's it going? Yeah, I'm all good, you know. Um, well, I lost the word at the minute. It's just, it's just one of them where you've got to be as good as, as you can be, ain't you? You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a happy go lucky person, so I'm, I'm trying to smile through it all. There's been a few ups and downs, obviously, with this corona, but I'm happy, I'm healthy. All my family now are healthy. I can't really complain, do you know what I mean? It's fine. Fraser, as you know, um, this is called the Predictor Podcast and we want to try and get your uh, predictions moving forward. And uh, we've got a couple of predictions, but the first question that we're going to ask all our guests, uh, are you a predictor? Yeah, big time. In what, in what way are you predicting? Are you good at predicting? Do you plan stuff or are you, you know, off the cuff kind of person? I'm off the cuff, I am off the cuff, to be honest. But um, main predictions, I'm quite good. I don't get much wrong on the old boxing front. Well, that, that's good, but what we're going to do, we're going to test your uh, predictions in, in sport and we're going to see if you can get them right. All right, so the first one is Manchester United versus Liverpool and I believe you're a Manchester United fan, is that correct? Yeah, but I was born into that, mate. My, uh, if, I, if I mentioned any of the football team's name, my brother would kick me on over the ass. So <laughs> I had, uh, had no choice for that one, to be honest. But, um, yeah, um, when they're playing again now, because they're playing, quite, they're playing like four times in so many weeks or something, aren't they? Yeah, they're meeting a few times. We've got the one at the weekend. So all, our, all the sporting events at the weekend, what, what do you reckon? Man United versus Liverpool? They never know the other day. It was a terrible game, honestly. It was an awful, awful <laughs> We're in good form, you know, and I, I, feel, I feel like we can nick it. I feel like it'd be another tight game, but if it's, uh, if it's a nil-nil, we created the chance the other day, but we didn't put them away, so I'm going to go for United win. United win. Uh, we've got the McGregor fight, UFC, at the weekend. What are your thoughts? He's been out of the ring for a long time now, hasn't he, uh, Conor McGregor? But he's a, he's a proper, proper good fighter. So, yeah, I've got back McGregor all the way. I'm a massive fan. fan so. what, were you, uh, what were your thoughts on McGregor fighting Mayweather? What, it was a bit of a, a oh, fanfare and it was madness. Yeah, it was, what were your thoughts a, about that? It was a farce, to be honest. I wasn't, I wasn't overly... And, uh, did I still watch it? I don't, I don't think I... I don't think I even just read this course. It's like, I know they're both combat sports and stuff, but people will not understand, like, you know, boxing is it, such a unique sport in the sense that it takes years and years and years, you know, to like perfect the craft. And yeah. when you, maybe that, I mean, uh, McGregor, he, he'd stand a chance with a few, you know, a few other boxers, but Floyd Mayweather is the 
he's the best, the best of my generation. So he, yeah. I know he never had a chance. He was, and he was just good played with the whole fight, to be honest. Does that annoy you when people fast track their way up to these sort of fights and they don't do the sort of is in the boxing game? It's, it's it's a weird one because at the same time I have respect for him as entertainers and I have respect for him as human beings because top and bottom of it is everyone and it probably it's changed over oh obviously since the since the social media generation let's say everyone wants to get paid and you know now you've got Mayweather. That idiot Jake Paul in America, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's, it's, the top is they're doing it. For, they're doing it because they want to get paid. It's that simple. So you got to respect. It. They're great salesmen, and people like myself, up and coming fighters, we, we've got to look at them and we've got to learn off them. And basically, I'm not the type of person to go on social media, and I'm just I act myself on social media. I don't go out there trying to be this, trying to be that, but it it puts money in your pocket, so. If, if it ever comes to it and I have to do it, then, then I will do it, do you know what I mean? But yeah, it is slightly annoying. Um, I did some sparring with one of my coaches, Richie Woodall, was a couple of years ago. Was um, He was approached by Rio Fernand in the team because Rio Fernand was going to turn professional. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he came and did a couple of sparring sessions with me and then a few weeks later he, he didn't fancy it. I was only playing. Playing, <laughs> you know, he was, a, he was a great guy. And my 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 advice, my honest advice to him was, it's too much of a dangerous sport to to go in at your age. You know, after all you've accomplished, you know, it's too dangerous. You've got a family and all that. It's it's not something that can be. Doing. You can't just you can't. You don't even wake up one day and going to be a boxer. It takes years and years and years. So it's it's not. I would say it can be a bit annoying. But I've got respect for him at the same time. Did you only did you only play play to him because he's a Man United hero? If it's Steven Gerrard, you would have gone gunko into him and uh, few, oh. thrown a few bombs at him. <laughs> oh, he, he'd have definitely got a body shot. He's called the water over the years. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I've got a lot of respect for him. He's a he's a, um, he, he's an absolute legend. But yeah, Rio was Rio was absolutely um, one of the best experiences of my life, not boxing wise, but. We spoke, we sat down in the change room after and he, you know, he was a nice, genuine geezer. He gave me all the time in the world and he just reeled off stories and stories and stories to me about Old Trafford, Alex Ferguson, Cristiano Ronaldo and, he, you know, I was, I'm just sat there just starstruck to be honest. But, um, what was, what yeah. was one of the, what was, what was one piece of advice he'd give you, obviously from a sportsman to another sportsman? What, what, is there something that you take off him that, yeah, I think it was. I think the advice that he didn't give me directly, but I'm going to go ramble on him. But he gave me a couple of stories off about Alex Ferguson. And he said to me that, um, I'm just talking about, he said to me that when he first joined Manchester United, um, he was walking through the training ground one day, he was walking with Dwight York. And he walked past the gaffer and he said, uh, all right, gaffer. And he said, Alex Ferguson just blanked him. Um, and he, he thought it was strange and then they carried on training and then during the training session he said that he shouted him over um, and this is cut towards the end of Yorkie's time now obviously his best days were gone he'd gone lazy Rio not long got there he said he shouted him over and said Rio come here uh, he trotted over there thinking nothing of it he says do you enjoy playing for this club you, he said um, you know you've just got here are you enjoying it so far he said yes Gaffer it's the best thing ever he said in the next breath he said to me he goes well if you want to keep playing with this, if you want to keep playing for this club I don't want to see you knocking around with him because he's a loser so if you, if you he goes he, he said he's going next week 
if you want to go, keep hanging around with him. So it's just like basically, you know, I think it was um, the, the the message in that is, you know, you are you are who you surround yourself with and stuff like that. So that was very important for me. And then um, he also told me about, um, I think it was Kieran Richardson that, that just came in, obviously, and um, you know he had a massive a massive contract extension. So obviously he's gone out and brought himself a Porsche. And a nice watch, and he's turned up at the training ground. In the training ground, there's new Porsche. He said Alex Ferguson used to wait for him always at the door by the training ground to make sure they're there on time. He said he pulled up like you know, like happy as Larry. He's just signed for Manchester United. He's got all this money. He's brought up a new Porsche. He said Alex Ferguson blew his bubble in a second and said, "You either go and sell the Porsche and the fancy watch, or I sell you." You know, just trying to keep them all humble. Yeah, yeah. He said, he said, literally, he said, they all had normal cars, normal as anything. And he said, they all had the nice stuff because they had nice money in that. But mm. they um, went, into, went to training, they went in their tracksuits, no fancy gear, and they all had to have normal cars. You know, he said, some of them just that uh, you wouldn't even know the difference from a normal man's car and, and, a, and a guy that's getting paid all his money. He goes, because Alex Ferguson would not let you get too ahead of yourself. So just some amazing stories. And, I can carry on because he went home and he had a good hour with me just you know on all these stories and I'm just there looking look at him and I'm just thinking my god you've seen it all do you know what I mean we'll, we'll do a podcast just on Rio Ferdinand stories next time if that's alright mate obviously what the going on but I could have stayed there all day um, the, the next one next uh, event we've got is the Phoenix Suns versus the Denver Nuggets do you know much about basketball? Not really, no. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm going to go with the Nuggets, of course. I love a, I love a Nugget. How <laughs> many? 20? 20 Nuggets? In the minute, uh, you know what? I've had a real good start of the year with my diet and everything, but yeah, I've been known to put a few Nuggets away. Like. <laughs> um, we've got the Sydney Sixers versus the Sydney Thunder. We'll go with the, um, the Sixers. Sixers, and then the last one we've got Tottenham women versus Everton women. Not seeing any of them, but I imagine just going to go on logic that Tottenham have got a lot more money than Everton. <laughs> Therefore, we'll have a lot better squad. Therefore, yeah, we'll probably win the game. Reduce of your logic. <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting that women's football uh, and, and women's sport at the moment's thriving. Obviously, at the moment, boxing with Katie Taylor, you've got Terry Harper, you've got Shannon Courtney who are coming through. What? How do you think women's boxing is going to go? What's your predictions for, for women's boxing? Yeah, you know, I think I think it's getting better. Um, I'll, I'll be dead honest. At the start, there was just some. I think there was just some terrible matchups, and it didn't it didn't make for good viewing. You know, like you'd get the boxing on, and it was almost a pain in the arse when when the women's fight come on. Do you know what I mean? But they're, they're definitely improving. Like Katie Taylor's unbelievable. Natasha Jonas, she's um, she's one of my friends off the squads for years. Um, Chantal Cameron, these guys, yeah, they've had experience all around the world. But then even the other guys that never boxed internationally, they're all getting better. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think I think they 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 wasn't getting taken seriously, and they've all sort of took that personally, and they've all stepped up to the mark now. So it's definitely getting better, and it? it's quite exciting. Nice. Good stuff. Good pictures. See how you get on out of those five.
Don't forget, you can join in the fun and take part in the Predictor Challenge all for free. Five selected sporting fixtures for you to predict every week with monthly prizes up for grabs. Check out our Twitter, at PredictorPod, and Instagram to get involved. Have you got what it takes to top the leaderboard and be the undisputed predictor? Take us right back to the start, really. When you see did you predict that you'd have achieved everything you have done up to now? Well, it, like, I'll be perfectly honest. Like you, you knew me when I was younger. <laughs> you, you, you knew me. He's told me a lot of stories, Fraser. <laughs> you he said he could me. beat you up. <laughs> and if I know for a fact, you and no one else thought. This little fatty is <laughs> crying all the time on the sideline, fighting with fighting with meatball. One of my memories I've got of you, right? It was the Stretton Eagles in the season two at the Town Hall. I can't remember that. You know what? The Town Hall, Belvedere Club. You know what? That was an unbelievable childhood, and I, I, I miss it to be honest. I you know what? I know. Like my brother, he, he don't really, I bet he don't see anyone really from the football days, but they were amazing times. And I can just remember, like I say, the presentations and stuff as a kid, they were, I, I loved them. My, probably my favourite event of the year. Um, yeah, but I, I can't remember what you're on about. It, you all used to, you all used to buzz off the fact that me and Little Meeple were both bigger than we should be for a <laughs> little fight. used to try and make a little rivalry between us, you know what I mean? So it was like, let's make the little fight kids fight with each other. But, uh, <laughs> no, but no, I, I didn't. I think it was, you know, after a little bit of boxing, I soon, I soon it came, became apparent to me that you know I'm, I'm getting quite good at this. Um, but it, it was a long time before I got actually really serious with it. So no, I, I didn't predict that at all. What role did the Burton boxing club there? How like how much has that influenced your development? And what sort of you know what are your memories of that place? Oh, everything. I owe, I owe, I owe them everything. Um, you know, like I'm not saying I, I'm not saying that you know I'm not, not rich by any means, or I'm not. But I, I live a I live I live a comfortable life, and I'm doing something I enjoy and love. And um, I owe it all. You know, obviously that this Olympic medal, don't get me wrong, is for me, but it's as much for. Um, let me see, like the names, like Richard Richard George. He was my uh, my first trainer and almost played the, the role of my dad for for a lot of years, you know what I mean? And and still to this day, he's probably the first person I think of, you know, when, when I've when I've had my victories and stuff, you know, other than my kids and stuff. But um the role they played I'm not saying they saved my life, because as you know, I w I didn't have a, a bad childhood at all. Um stable family, you know, good family. Um they'd always my dad mum and dad always do my best for me, hard working people. But um my dad worked away a lot of the time and stuff, so, you know, if it wasn't taking Dane to football, and he was massive on Dane's football, you know, when he was younger, he was massive on Dane's football, so, and obviously with me being a little fight, I don't think he thought I was going to sort of take the sporting role so serious. So, Rich, Richie sort of stepped in and he sort of gave me, he was my, the first person to really give me confidence in myself, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that, I remember that, I heard you speak about before sort of growing up, you tried your hand in different sports and nothing really fit, did it? Was it an instant click with boxing? Yeah, definitely. Like um, that Burton Boxing Club. I can remember walking in the first day. I went, me, uh, my little best friend Josh. You know, we were like chalk and cheese. I was a fat guy. He was a little skinny guy. <laughs> um, we had 
a few a few other other, other my friends. I think there's five of us, and I can remember walking in, and I was just captured by the atmosphere, the smells, the characters. You know, I, I can remember going at a boxing club, and there's like you know people from Burton that I see now. It's crazy because you know you you like John Joe Finnegan. Uh, uh, this uh, this time, these guys were like unbelievable to me. They were like superheroes. Um, Oli, Oliver O'Toole, Connor Upton, Tom Shaw, Carl Grimmers, Jason Allen, Mark Lee. They were like they were like superhumans to me. Do you know what I mean? Matt Gala. Yeah. Uh, they were. They were. I just. I just. I just wanted to be. I just wanted to be like them. You know. They. They seem to be the fittest. Um, but the the best fighters. And I. And I just sort of. I talked to it because. I could, I could fit, I, you know, you just feel like you fit in somewhere, you know, mm. with the characters. You know, they were, they were all like, what's the way to put them on? Lovable rogues, you know what I mean? Like, there was a bunch of, I wasn't a naughty kid, but there was a bunch of naughty kids. But when they, when they went into that building, they all had discipline and they all had, um, you know, they had people there, that, like these men that were no relation to me and no relation to them, but they respected them and they did as they told in front of these people. And I was just like, I think that was that was just one of the things that made me think. You know what? This is the kind of place and structure I need. I need to be in. Yeah, friends. It's yeah. interesting. It's interesting that at the moment with the funding that's in boxing, that a lot of it's being cut at the grassroots levels, isn't it? I know Eddie Hearn and, and Frank Warren have, have talked about it a lot. Is it, you know what? Is there going to be a problem? You know, in terms of boxing moving forwards. Obviously, that like you say, how much discipline and all that kind of stuff can add into. You know, especially a young person's life. Where's what's the direction of it of, of boxing at that level? You know, for me, it's so important. Um, I don't, I don't know how it's not in more schools. You know what I mean? I think it's frowned upon a bit because people might see it as being a violent sport, but it's taught me right from wrong. It definitely has, and and if it can teach me, it can teach anyone. Because like I said, I wasn't the worst child, but. I, I, I imagine I could have been a little bit of a shit at times. You know what I mean? Um, and it, it's, it's, and that's not that just not just me. There's, there's been I've been all around the country. I've been all around the world with boxing, and it's that's it's the sport that can it can stop people turning into gangsters. Literally, it can take people off the streets, looks after people's health, uh, puts people in good places. And, and it's the sport. It's an acceptance sport. It's a sport. You don't have to be rich. You need a pair of gloves. If you ain't got a pair of gloves, someone will. Someone. There's good people in the sport. Someone will give you some. Yeah. You know, you run, you hit a bag, you listen to the people in charge. It's the sport for the people. Yeah. So it'd be a massive problem if you know this funding. We don't get more funding. Like I know um, AJ pumped a lot of money into the into the into the um, into the system recently, and pe- without people like that, you know. I feel like you could, we're going to skip a generation, and it's it's massive. And boxing is the second biggest sport in in England. Do you know what I mean? So it's massive for us, but not just like not just for the people that are going to go and box. I think it just develops young young rogues into men. Do you know what I mean? So, um, my advice to any any young kids: you don't have to be a, you don't have to be a fighter. You don't have to want to, You don't have to be a violent person. Get down there. You learn so much in the boxing club. From the sort of Burton Boxing Club, you started to sort of move up the ranks as you got older. So 2009, British Youth Championships. Can you just talk us through the memories of that? I think it'd be Reese Williams, was it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was just funny that was because 
2009, I can't remember how old would have been, but I was hanging about probably 15 or 16. Um, you have, obviously, it's, it's a weight making sport and you have to be matched on your age and your weight. Well, you try and find, you try and find a 17 stone. 14, 15 year old <laughs> is not on impossible. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, would, he might have been the only competition to be fair. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was near enough impossible to find anyone to box. Um, but I entered the championship and you know, far and wide there was a couple of, there was a couple of people about. Um, the actual actually boxed a guy called Carl Turney. That was the Great Britain Championship, the Reese Williams, he was a Welsh lad. But before that, when I won the actual national title, I boxed a, I boxed a scouts lad. Um, we went to Scunthorpe in a social club because that, that's where that's where all boxing, you know, grassroots boxing, social clubs, working men's clubs. Yeah. You have the people there with all the all the um, the accolades all on their shorts and stuff. Do you know what I mean? They've been in it for years since youths. And I was I was like fifteen, and I'd only had I think I'd only had three fights because it was hard to get matched and then I got matched with this kid that obviously had a short his shorts were full of badges <laughs> what, did you have sw- your swimming badges on yours <laughs> oh, I, like- didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even get swimming badges <laughs> um, but I can remember I can remember he's, he had a big firm with him big firm of scars you know what I mean I'd not really been outside of, of Burton much at this age Um and his dad was a big meathead, and I was thinking, "Oh my god!" But obviously, uh, my dad and Dane—they rocked up. You know, Dane Dane was full of beans and giving it loads, and you know, screaming for me. And I was thinking, "You're going to get us killed in a minute." <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I, and I went in there, and he had a fearsome reputation. I can remember people coming up to me saying, "Pull out the fight, mate! You don't want to fight him." But I got in, I got in there, and I was I was so up for it. There's one. That's the one thing. Even though I'm not a violent, I'm not a violent person. But if we, if we're gonna fight, if I'm gonna fight with someone else, they ain't gonna they ain't gonna beat me. They're not. I, I just ain't, I don't like to lose, especially in a fight. Do you know what I mean? So I got in there, second round, bang! I was literally a kid. And I can remember hitting him, and he was out. He was gone. And I think, how, long, how long was that in? What round was that? I think it was the second round. And I can remember. People, I was a little short. I've got, I've got a picture. I have to send it over to the guy. I've got a picture. I was a little fat kid, Chinese eyes. I had a daft haircut. I had a little my weaker with a, with a little pattern in the side of my head. My shorts were under my tits. <laughs> and, and people, people still talk about it. Right? They see it. They say, "Oh my god, we, we felt so sorry for you. We thought you were going to get killed, and then you just came out and hit this guy with his wallet." And I said, "I said, yeah, I said." I, I, and I didn't even celebrate. I didn't even know what was going on. I just thought, yeah, I've done it. Um, yeah, and then from then, things really progressed after that. The ball started rolling, obviously, and that takes you all the way up. So sort of the end of the end of the scale, really, 2018, that Commonwealth gold. Just sort of talk us through your memories. Yeah, well, what you got to remember is I'd, I'd, I'd gone on to GB 2010, so I'd been boxing for Great Britain since 2010. And a lot of people, obviously, they've seen my Facebook and stuff, and People, people, you know, I get a lot of comments and stuff, but people probably don't, I don't go into it as depth, in as much depth as I should. So people just think, oh, this is still his hobby. But unknown to people, since 2010, I left my apprenticeship and went to train for Great Britain full time. Do you know what I mean? Is that so, what Sheffield? 
that's up in Sheffield. I was just, you know, and things might have happened for me a bit sooner, but I was just been unlucky in the fact that I've had Anthony Joshua and Joe Joyce in front of me all the time. So it's, it's been difficult. So 2018 was really my first opportunity to shine at a big tournament. I've, I've been to, I've been over tournaments around the world. I was winning everything. Uh, I was winning golds all over the place. But 2018 was really the first time I was going to be on the BBC. Um, you know, the Commonwealth Games is a, presti- a prestigious tournament. So, you know, I felt like that, that was really going to be my, my time to shine. But 2000, the build up to that, 2017, I had a career threatening injury. I, um, I detached my hamstring. So, uh, so the, the full year before was a full year of rehab. So, you um, really get up to speed in terms of where you could have been in prep for the fight. No, I'd, I'd, I'd say at the Commonwealth Games, I was probably, no disrespect to anyone, I was probably 70%. I managed to box uh, once, literally, two two weeks before we left for Australia. Because, to be honest, I just wanted to see if, if I could get through a fight. So I managed to box once and I won. So in that, so we said, like, you know, we're going to go there. I expected to win it, even though I wasn't that good, because I thought, you know, this is a big one. I'm not going to miss out on this opportunity. But, yeah, I'd say I was about 70%. Um, but it was just a surreal feeling because I'd, I'd been all, like I said, been all around the world boxing, a lot of empty stadiums. Yeah, so it was the first time that I'd, I'd gone to a tournament and we, I got to the uh, to the airport and there was, there was people there waiting for us. You know, they took our bags off us. I got on the plane. I was I was upgraded to first class to Australia. We got to Australia. There's people there waiting for me with. Signed with pictures for me to sign the stuff. I was like, "What the hell? This literally is bigger than I than I could have imagined." Because, like I said, I, I was just a boxer. I was used to working men's clubs and different places around the around the, around the world, you know. But still, nothing on that scale, and it was such a big deal. Advertising all over the place. I got to the Gold Coast, and my face was on a big poster, and I was just like, "Whoa, this is proper." Looking back, some of the past winners of the Commonwealth, like you've got Lennox Lewis, David Price, Ollie Harrison, Joe George, some of these past winners coming back with that gold medal, did that give you more confidence? <laughs> this is going to sound really big, it? But if I didn't win the Commonwealth Games, I, I, I'm useless. So that's the way, that's why I was, that's the way I was looking at it. You know, I, I had that big expectation of myself. I thought, if I don't win the Commonwealth Games, then I must be useless. And I, I knew the names that had won it as well, and you want to you be added to that list, don't you? So, uh, I was just thinking, if I lose here, first of all, my, my boss, Rob McCracken, he's like, he's a big influence for me. And he sort of said, before we went, he said, don't lose. You know, in a, in a nutshell, win the gold. Nothing nothing else is acceptable, do you know what I mean, other than the gold medal. Um, even though there was quite a good competition out there at my weight, uh, but he said, nothing else is acceptable. So, I, I, them words stuck with me, do you know what I mean? And they... Uh, I, I set out to get the goal and I got it. So even though I, did, I didn't perform as well as I would have liked to, especially in the final, I won it, but I made hard work of it. Against uh, okay, Kumar? Have you ever fought that Kumar before? Yeah, I'd, I'd beat him previously. 2015, I'd beat him. I'd, and I'd beat him a lot better, a lot more convincingly. But it, it improved and, and I'd had that year out and I just think, you know, I just made hard work of it. But it seemed to go down well. I had three really entertaining fights. Uh, Something that I've tried to work on, to be honest, is the art of boxing is to hit and not get hit. But you know, a big, big, big phrase from Burton seems to uh, <laughs> seems to give him. I seem to give everyone a chance. You know what I mean? And it, it's, it's it's good to watch, but it's not good for me. 
So then fast forward then another 12 months, the World the IBA World Championships. Just sort of talk us through the highs of the Commonwealth to then what must have been really frustrating in the quarterfinals to get that, that result overturned. I know like on your social medias afterwards, you to be honest, I thought you were quite quite reserved in your response. You sort of you must have been hard to bite your tongue. Well, well I, I had to be quite reserved because I, I basically, I basically got kicked out of the country because I was, I was about smashing the hotel up. But, <laughs> um, so, so I, 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 I was sort of, you know, we've got media, media people in, and and my boss and stuff. It was like, just do yourself a favour, you know. And, and like I say, in a nutshell, they told me to to do one and get on a flight. Um, I, lo- I love how you didn't say the, the actual hotel because you probably need to say them in, in the future. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I, was just, I, was, I was just, obviously, I had, you know, when you have the red mist in your raging, which I was, but then I, I just remembered where it was and I thought, the last thing I want is an umbrella up the jacks, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. I got me and me and my pal, I said, right, come on, this is early as I said, we're off, airport, boom, straight home. Uh, yeah, it was it was the darkest moment of my career so far without fail. Um, like I said, being being on the squad for so long, I've seen people go to world championships and I've seen people medal, and it's a very small list, very small list of people to get world medals. And I was, I'd, I'd gone out there and had an honest fight, a tough fight, and it was a very close fight. It definitely was a close fight, but at the end of the day, them judges are put around that, are put around that ring to judge, and that's what they do. And there was a lot closer fights than mine that didn't get overturned, but that one there, the, I'm boxing the Russian super heavyweight. They overturned it, and I just, it was, it was literally, um, what's the word? Is it euphoria? I was so happy. I was in. I got back to the changing rooms and I had a bit of a, a bit of a bad form, you know, running up to, running up to the World Championships. Um, and I had bad form. I think I was a bit low. I'd had a terrible European Games. I lost my first fight and I, I'd come home. So that was, I was in terrible form. Um, my motivation wasn't quite where it should be, but I really got up for the Worlds. I've won the fight. I've gone into the changing rooms. And my, my like I say, my boss, Rob McCracken, he'd never get a compliment out of him, ever. <laughs> And as I was walking back, he said, well done, you've done brilliant. That meant the world to me. Do you know what I mean? That, that was yeah. like, oh, God, bloody hell. I've got a compliment of Rob. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you've done something well then. Yeah. Uh, and then we got in the changing rooms and uh, I was, it, it was already a weird one because I was so happy and I was buzzing. But then the Uzbek boxed the American after me and knocked him spark out. But a really bad one where... You know, you gas and air in the ring and everything. So the mood in the whole place went quiet, and I was still there doing backflips. <laughs> uh, and then I seen a, I seen an official walk over to my head coach, and he walked past me. And usually, you know, I know these officials; I've seen them for years around the world. And I thought to myself, he, he didn't look at me. He had a look on his face, and I knew there was something wrong. He spoke to my. Um, Team, one of my like team coaches, Dave, by the way, and Dave's Dave's face. He just he sort of said it all for me. Do you know what I mean? He, uh, and they can still still see still see me smiling and buzzing. They come up to me and said, "Just calm down. The decision the decision is being um is being checked." I said, "What the fuck do you mean it's being checked?" I said, "I've won the fight. I've just, I've just had my hand raised. I've won the fight. What what do you mean? In my whole career, and I've been to hundreds and hundreds of." Fights, tournaments, whatever. I've ne- never seen a decision overturned in boxing, ever. 
at this point, I'm raging. They're saying, look, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. it, it they won't overturn it. They won't overturn it. See, they were trying to just keep me like in high spirits. I think they knew they were going to overturn it. And yeah. I, knew that, I knew there was. You boxed in the Russian in Russia. Um, it was, and I was just I was just heartbroken. I, I, years and years and years I put into that. That wasn't just like it's an eight-week training camp. That was years and years of sweat and hard work. And all I wanted to do was get on that little list. That little yeah. list, the world medalist, you know what I mean? And uh, how would you have fancied your chances in the semis? Because you'd have fought the other, wouldn't you, in the semi final? Yeah. And he eventually won it. So how he, eventually, he, he eventually won it. And he, he and he's a great fighter. He uh, he's a really really good fighter. But I, I beat him before. I beat him in two. I beat him in 2015. And if I've done it once, I can 100 percent do it again. Yeah. Even though he's in, he's improved and he's got better. Um, the the form I was in that tournament and the, the little bit of drive that I had. I was right up for it. So even if he was going to beat me, he was going to have that. He's going to have to have the best day of his life because I say this to all of them. I say this to everyone. Uh, we might be from a little small town, Burton on Trent, but if there's one thing that, that we've got, we've got, we've got a lot of tough people around here. I've been all around the country, all around the world, and there's some tough men here, and I, and I, I, I can't myself with one of them. So if he was going to beat me, he was going to have to have. He was gonna ask me the toughest man on the planet because he would have had to kill me. Do you know what I mean? Because I was gonna, I was gonna, I would, I would, I would have had a proper fight with him. Fraser, do, they, do, do boxers around the world fear you? Do, what do people say about you? Do you, do you know that, or do you tend to just keep it to yourself, or what? I don't, I don't. I think I'm, I'm definitely not. You know, I'm, a, I'm one of them. If I'm on your side of the draw, I'd like to think, oh, fucking, you know, people think, fucking, yeah, yeah. we've got a tough fight there. Um, because, like, like I say, I'm, I'm tough, I'm experienced, I'm fit, and I, I, I can fight. I've got, I've got a burning desire to win a fight. Do you know what I mean? So, I think I'm, I'm definitely considered. People, you know, think fucking hell, he's on my side of the draw. Definitely, you can, you can beat yourself up, mate. Don't worry. No, I just, no, I know you. I'm just thinking, I, I wouldn't want to fight me. You know, if, if yeah, I turn yeah. up and I'm at the races, I wouldn't want to fight me. Yeah. So out of all of the past boxing journey, who's one person that you'd think, you know, they're one of the reasons that I'm, I'm, I am where I am? And if you had to single one person out, who would it be? So many, but Richard Joyce again, uh, for me, Joycey, like, you know, he, 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 he's, a, he's, a, he's a legend, you know, he's a selfless man who, and he, he, he did so much for me, you know, like, when I when when I plan on when I'm going to win that Olympic gold and when I do, you know, he he'll be he'll, he'll be the first name I mention. I'm I'm sure of it. You know, I've got that much respect for him. Not I can't just say Richard Joyce, Richard Joyce, Trev Marler, them guys there. They they really you know they they'll have a place in my heart forever. And, and I'm forgetting I'm forgetting coaches here because there was other coaches there as well. But them two, you know, they're really the first people to properly believe in me. I think. Do you know what I mean? Get the ball rolling. And 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 thinking, I'll never forget. I never forget him, ever. As no. long as I, as long as I live, I never forget him. You know, if I make the money that I intend to make, you know, the professional game, I'll be straight up to them with an envelope, brown envelope. They probably won't accept it. I say, look, this is for what you've done for me because they've changed my life. And uh, you know, I love it. I love it. both of them men there, and more names again. But I love them to death. You know, they've done a lot for me. When it's up sort of present day, I mean, I don't know, talk about predictions, I don't think anybody have predicted these last 12 months, would they? So how's it affected you, mate? How have you found it? Um, I've been, I've been up and down with it, mate. I have, you know, like, 
obviously the, the first lockdown came during uh, I was at the Olympic qualifier so yeah. it was a fucking bore because I, I was there and I was ready but in hindsight looking back at it now I wasn't ready I wasn't I was I was I was in terrible condition my weight was bad my fitness was bad my mental state was bad so in that sense I think he's giving an extra year to prepare and uh, in April when we box again at the qualifiers I'll be a uh, 10 times better than I was going to be but overall the uh, the lockdown and that I had ups and I've had ups and downs you know was I turned the garage into a bit of a gym and um and uh, you know I was I was sort of getting stuck into it in that but at the same time I was down I was down the bottom I was down the shop every other day getting 12 cans you know what I mean because it was hot weather on the front of our house here it's like the main road high street in Newell you know it's like that's straight 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 past you see every, everyone drive past so I'm on the front well, is, that what, is, that is that what you, you know, need to become a Commonwealth winner? <laughs> Drink yeah, 12 cans every time. <laughs> and uh, my missus, sister, she uh, and her, her, her mum at the time, they live next door. So we'd have, you'd have these social distance piss-ups, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, so, so, I, what the neighbours must have made my... Uh, I, I, got a, like, I got a steel drum and a load of... <laughs> I, decided, I, just, I decided to burn everything. <laughs> I just burnt everything and we were just getting pissed up around the fire in the back garden uh, yeah, and, you know the weight was piling on it was blooming on and then you know, obviously yeah, and then I think oh my god we're going to get called back into Sheffield soon they're going to kill me um, so then I, then I obviously had to knuckle down a bit then I started training but it was up and down you know I, I had loads of thoughts in my head you know maybe the Olympics isn't going to happen I turned professional I was having conversations with different promoters to a, to a professional do this having good offers um, but then obviously you know look, speaking to people from GB so my head's all over the place at this point I don't know where to go pro stay amateur do you, you know I've waited this long is it worth is it worth just chucking all that away for the sake of a bit of, for a bit of dough but a good, really really good dough but is it, is it worth it but then I'll never, I'll never be able to sleep at night. If I, if I give my all now and I don't end up making the Olympics or I don't win the medal, I, if I do, if I try my best, I'm not bothered. If I give it up for a bit of money, I'd be pissed off. But I, like I say, I'm not rich, but I, I like to think I'm one of them people. I'm always going to, I'll always be able to earn a quid. Do you know what I mean? One way or another, uh, it's just the, the nature of me. So, um, money, money comes and goes on it. You know, if you're Olympian, you're Olympian forever. You're, you're one of a small bunch of people. And, that just means a lot to me. Nice. So obviously that that must have been hard hanging over you all this like this year then. So what sort of things have you been up to to try and to get back in shape and how how has that been for you in terms of that process of getting your mind back right and I definitely think as as thing get as things get closer and uh you know, you definitely I think things happen for a reason and you know, when we went back to Sheffield it took me weeks and it took me months to get back into half decent shape and my my weight my weight wouldn't I couldn't budge the weight I, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't get under bearing in mind my, my my boxing weight is about 114 kilo I couldn't get for a long time I couldn't get under under 125 kilo couldn't do it <laughs> I could not do it but then again when I think about it now you try and justify you know pro a KFC as, as a load of protein <laughs> I wasn't trying to do you know what I mean the, you know, people. No, I say people might be surprised. People won't be surprised. People know me. 
people know the way I grew up. I grew up in the pub. My dad loves a beer. My brother loves a beer. I'm from Bernard Trent. I fucking love beer. I'm not afraid to admit it. Do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll drink that stuff until the cars come home. Um, it's, but it's one of them things. In my, I'm going to have to just give it a good 10 years, I think, until, until I can start sinking a few gold ones again because <laughs> it, it, it just piles the weight on me. It sends me loopy. I do the most ridiculous things. Get myself into all sorts of bother. So I'm just going to have to knock it on air, I think. Um, so obviously I've changed my... There's a, there's a prediction there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten years' time. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> ten years. Ten, ten, years. Years, ten, years, ten years' time. <laughs> ten years' time. When, if, when, you, when you come down the, the Lord Burton, I'm going to be a, a, a figure point in there. I'll be in there. No dramas at all, 100%. Um, but, yeah, I've just had to change a lot of my habits, to be honest. Um, it's annoying, like, you know, like I've just come back here on my prep meals. You know, you want to eat with my, I want to eat with my missus and my daughter. She's making food just for them too because I'm having to eat prep meals, and it's it's not ideal, you know, for like the family life. It can it can be a right bore, like, but you know, everyone understands that what I've got to do. Do you know what I mean? So I like to change a lot of habits, um, grit my teeth. I don't think I'm as good. I, well, I don't think I don't think for a long time I wasn't performing as good as I did a few years ago. So it's sort of been one of them uh, journeys of you know finding finding the old me. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm well on the way now to being better, a better version of myself. A couple of years ago, you know, I think I'd I've been having this conversation this week with some of my coaches during the during the cycle from London to Rio. I think I was the best I've ever been. And I, I put it down to, I was the number two super heavyweight on the squad. And I was chasing, I was chasing Joe Joyce like a madman. I'd go to sleep thinking about him. I'd wake up thinking about him. I'd try and get close to him on the runs with spar. And I'd try to kill him every time. I'd try my hardest. I'd go to every tournament thinking, right, if I win this gold medal here, he's going to put me a little bit closer. And I just think it's a human, human nature. And I'm not proud of it, but I, come, I think I've become very complacent in the last few years, do you know what I mean? Very complacent as as an athlete, as a boxer. So, um, yeah, it, it wasn't, um, I was not my proudest thing to say, but I, I'm, I'm a realist and I'm honest. Yeah, I think I didn't handle being the number one, number one super heavyweight. I didn't handle it very well until now. Um, new motivations, obviously my, my daughter's for, I'm expecting a, I've got a little boy on the way. Them, them, them kind of things there, you know, you want to give them the life, the best life possible. So, and I know with the gold medal, I'm able to do that. I'm able to, I'll be able to buy my mum and dad a house, give the kids the best life ever, look after my, my missus and that. So, um, their, their motivations there, you know, they're really, they're really strong for me. Who do you reckon has been like the most important person in this last year through the virus and the pandemic and stuff for you to get back on track? Who do you reckon has been the person that's done that for you? I'd, I'd say between Danny Lee, my missus, and the, just the GB staff in general. Yeah. But, um, you know, all, all credit to, um, to, to Danny like she's you know she's she brutally honest with me she told me when I'm being a prick and I'm and I'm, I'm, I'm drinking how many times uh, is that uh, <laughs> all, all the time you know you, you know, you, know, you, know you, don't, you, don't, you don't like to get certain looks off certain people and you know if I'm eating bad or 
I'm on the drink, you know, she's the first person to look at me, so you're going to regret that tomorrow. So, you know, she, she's been massive for me, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I can't, I can't thank her enough, you know, the support she gives me is unbelievable. So, yeah, she's been huge and it's, it's, it, it makes a difference. Like, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not saying I've been in, in bad relationships because I haven't, but I, I think I've just, I've, um, before Danny, I'd split up with Mila's mum and I was just on a roller coaster of, of drink and women and it just not a good mix. Do you know what I mean? It, put, it just, it just sent, me, sent me a bit loopy. I was a bit of a proper little one. Like, you on the straight and narrow now. She keeps you grounded. And, 100%. Like Rio said about Alex Ferguson keeping his pleasure grounded. Sounds to me like you've got the people around you and that support network that's keeping you grounded to make sure that you're on track to get where you want to go? 100%, 100% like, even, even like, uh, even to the point where I, I won't, I won't, I'll, I'll do my absolute best to not have a, a drink in front of my dad now. Do you know, like, just out of respect yeah. because he wants me to do well. You, yeah. you won't, I don't think you'll see him with a pint. It, we, we all use the excuse, I can have probably one Guinness and say, it's all right, dad, he's got loads of iron in it. <laughs> but that's it. That's it. That's where I've been after a few years. <laughs> that, that's it. Um, but yeah, like I say, like uh, I don't want to like, discredit my family, but Danny, Danny, and even even her dad, he's a he's, he's he owns a boxing club. Um, he owns, he's a businessman. He owns a lot of businesses, and he's he's a very driven person. And you know, like, like you almost you almost want to you want to impress certain people. Do you know what I mean? You want to act, yeah. Certain, you know, when you respect someone, you sort of you want to impress them, and uh, you don't. You, you don't want to, I, I don't want to see me me in a, a McDonald's chip or having a pie. You know, you do, you do your best. You know what I mean? Is that sort of the same way? Do you know you said about Ron Kraken when he says you've done well, you know you've done well, and it's that way about that person that you respect. It almost like means more, doesn't it? When they give you a compliment, it's it carries more weight. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I I don't go fishing for compliments, but if and and I think that's part of being a great trainer. I think that's what makes you know Ron McCracken, he, he's a man of very few words. Like you'll never see him on the TV in all the interviews, getting him on all the nonsense. But he's he's, he's honestly the, the wisest man in boxing I've ever met. And um, like I say, that's another that's another friendship relationship I've had for I've had for over ten years. And you know um, when when the time does come, and 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 when the time did come, you know I was getting offered loads of pro deals. It only took for him to say, "I think you should stay." I think you should stay for another four years. The decision was already made because yeah. if, if I've got total respect for someone, I listen to him. That's the, a lot of people's problem is they can't listen. They can't see sense and they can't listen. And like, one of my good skills is I, I know the right people to listen to, the right people not to listen to. And he's definitely one of them. Fraser, what, what are the predictions for, for yourself in the future? We talked a lot about the past and obviously what's going on at the moment. It sounds like you're motivated you've got that inspiration to want to achieve you, and you also talked about you know going from amateur to, to pro and, and that decision what does the future hold for, for you personally well I'm, 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 honestly I've got the bit between my teeth and people might say you say I'm bonkers and I know people there's a lot of arse lickers out there people love fucking Fury and AJ but I'll be if you you ain't, you ain't going to get the chance to ask him you ask anyone if if they if you don't believe, I might I might just walk through town and be sound everyone. I know I can be at that level. 
I know, I, I know, I know what I've done. I can do in the gym. I know what I can do in a fight. I know the size of my heart, and I've got the biggest pair of bollocks going. So I know I can be at a level. I think he'll. I think he, he, if anyone ever gets a chance, ask him. People know I'm a serious, I'm a serious fight. I'm not to mess around with him. I want to be undisputed world champion without a doubt. And I know that's a long journey, ups and downs, but I know I've got the talent. I know I've got the desire, and. I'm going to go for it and give it my absolute all because not many people get a chance. Not many people are in a position to go go and actually achieve their dreams. I'm not saying, you know, don't dream, but I'm saying very few people get in, in a position where it's in their hands. It's in my hands. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it everything. I'm not, I'm not sure whether you know this or not, but you were actually named as one of the uh, 10 sporting stars to watch in 2021. Do you know? Do you know that? I, I don't have a clue. No. No. Um, you, you're alongside Dean Asher Smith, Jack Grealish, and Mick Schumacher. Uh, yo, that's uh, that's, that's not that's not a bad group, is it? <laughs> no, you have, you have to send me a screenshot. Of that. That's definitely. <laughs> I will do. Yeah. <laughs> but I know in terms of you turning pro, do you reckon that'll be after the Olympics? What what what's your what's your yeah definitely definitely uh, I can. I've had a great time boxing for GB and that, but you know. Everything has to come to an end, and it's just a new challenge. Um, yeah, after the Olympics, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the family away because they have they have the rough side of things. You know, we don't get to go away much or do much. Take the family away, enjoy a couple of weeks, but then, you know, new mission, and I'll have that. I'll, I'll be chasing the pack down again. I'll be chasing them. There's a, there's been a couple of people asking us what what's it like being around Anthony Joshua. I'm sure you you get this a lot, don't you? I bet you get asked questions about him and what it's like, but. Yeah, obviously to, to me and Paul and, and probably a lot of the community and people that we talk to, we actually don't know what it's like to be in someone's presence as, as such as AJ. What, what's it like? What, what's it like being around him? Um, it's a strange one, you know, you know, because he's actually, he's actually just a normal guy and he's, a, he's, he's a, um, I've no, I've, I've known him. What people forget is I, I, I've known him before the money. I've known him in, I've known him in trainers with holes in them, with, with, in a, in a, in a banged out car coming to Sheffield. No money for food. I, I knew him before, before the, all the um, fame. So we, I've just got the same relationship with him now as I did then, to be honest. Um, uh, nice guy, humble guy. Obviously filthy rich. Just a normal guy, really nice guy to be around. Sort of lights up the lights up the room, good atmosphere. Um, he's just one of the people. He seems to bring the best out of people. Do you know what I mean? But he's yeah. a lovely guy. And he, obviously, you mentioned earlier about AJ and, and obviously Tyson Fury, and then you've got the likes of Dillian White, Chisora, Joe pa- Joseph Park, and there's that heavyweight division at the moment thrive, isn't it? How, yeah, how do you think gone. you're going to fit in? How do you think you're going to fit in there? Who, who do you, who do you want to fight in the future once you turn pro? Any of them. Any, any, any one of them names you mentioned. Let me, let me just find my feet. But, and I'll do that quicker than most. Any of them guys, obviously. I, I, I don't fear any, any, not one of them names that you've just said. And when the time comes, obviously I've got to, you have to build yourself up, which I, which I'll do. But, you know, I'll back myself against any of them. That's just, just the nature of it. And people see these, see these guys on TV and think that they're superstars and, and, you know, they're superhumans. They ain't no different to me. And then, like, in terms of your amateur, obviously you, you, you've done really well in the amateur game and hopefully, fingers crossed, you, you do exceptionally well in the Olympics. Does your, does your style change from amateur to, to pro? What, what's the difference? 
yeah, I think obviously it slows down a bit. The pace slows down. The rounds are longer. You've got, you've got to be, you've got to be fitter. You've got to be tougher. I think people, pro boxing, this is going to sound weird, is not a sport. Pro boxing is just for, it's a, it's a fight with the referee. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've got to be so tough, durable and rugged. Um, you got you got to have some real, real, real toughness, and uh, I'm prepared to go through whatever it takes. So yeah, there, there is a style changing. I'll have to learn that, but I'm uh, I'm a good learner, and you know I think I, I think I think it'll suit me a lot better than the, the rushed three three amateurs. What what did you think of? He talked about toughness and stuff. What do you think of Dubois when he when he went down and obviously stayed on his knee? Uh, for, for the 10 yeah, at, 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 at first first glance I was watching it in America at first glance I thought he's bottled it now you know yeah. I thought you can't do that I wouldn't do that personally yeah. but but then again when you've been punched in the face for 12 rounds off Joe Joe Joy how many rounds off Joe Joyce and them small gloves honestly God, you, you won't believe how, how hard them gloves are when you have your, your tape hands and obviously he's got eye damage afterwards you know everyone's different um that doesn't mean he's not tough. He's still young. He's only a puppy. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I, I think he'll come back better from it, and I hope he does because he's good for the sport. You know, that we're gonna hopefully we'll have a good fight one day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and he's obviously different to Dubai in terms of he's quite a silent. You know, he's quite a quiet person. And then you've got the likes of Fury. In terms of like branding of, of, of fighters, you talked about earlier. You know, you, you, your own person. Do you have to be that someone different in the program to try and obviously sell? sell your tickets and, and become that brand or is it is it just a case of like nah. I'm doing what I'm doing and that's it nah. raise the clock so anyway you want to raise the clock as long as we get as long as we get tickets <laughs> I, I, I just be myself I mean like I say people I think one thing that I've always took a lot of praise from from not from people is I know I've had the come off games and you know obviously I've always been that big I've always been quite popular around the town and stuff like that through, through the boxing. But I still go, you know, I go, I go to the wiggy for a pint. I go, I, I don't do nothing different. I'm not a celebrity or anything like that. I'm just a normal, just a normal geezer, just doing my thing. And sort of probably, probably similar to Ricky Hatton. Do you know what I mean? Like I, nothing will ever change about me. I'm just, I'm just a little fat Franz from, from Burton, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, so and, and that's how it'll always be. Yeah. And, and who, who is that? Who is that one person who's going to help you your predictions in the future? Who's that one person who's going to go right, Fraser? This this is the direction. This is this is how we're going to get you to the top. He talks about Rob McCracken. Obviously, he's been with AJ and Carl Froch and others. No. Who's that one you person? Know, I, I, I think Rob's going to help me. But then, obviously, in the next few months, uh, the talks have already started. You know, with different management companies, and they're going to try and navigate my my way to the top. Do you know what I mean? And you've got to be smart to do that, but. I've already started having the conversation with some people. I'm talking like, you know, really big people that are experienced in boxing. So I can't, I can't let you know that they're going to be, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the right, I've got the right people looking after me. Fraze, really appreciate your time, mate. Uh, something we're always going to ask every guest to finish off with. What are the three most important things for you that's going to make your future predictions happen? I've, I've just actually got like a bit of a brand going, to be honest. Uh, and it's basically it's quite simple. It's three three words. Three words. It's uh, frequency, consistency, and intent. You know, and I think that they're the kind of things that if you apply if you apply them to anything, then then you just become better. You just become a better person. And that doesn't matter what you're doing. 
whether you're a boxer, whether you're a bricklayer, electrician, housewife. <laughs> you get one of those locks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they, like I say, really, really you tired this evening. I'm sure Scott will agree. We were, we're going to be following you journey, mate. We wish you nothing but success in the Olympics and beyond, pal. No, no worries, guys. Thank you very much for having me. Good luck. I appreciate it. Take it easy, Take care, man. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Predictor Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Spotify and to our YouTube channel. While you're at it, why not follow us on Twitter at PredictorPod and Instagram for more content. Huge thanks also to Burton Mind for supporting the Predictor Podcast. They will listen, give support and fight your corner as no one should have to face a mental health problem alone. Be sure to tune in next time where we will be joined by another top guest. Can you predict who it will be? Oh, 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 oh,